you're listening to Reading Classes, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about our favorite books of the year. Woo! But first... What are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book. So a few weeks ago on the podcast, I said I would really like to read fantasy set in cold weather, which you called cold dragon books. Cold dragons. I wanted a December... Those dragons need some hats and mittens. A December cold dragon book. And a book that had been on my list for a while, um, but also, and I don't know your name and I apologize, but uh, someone tweeted at me and said, you should read this book. Oh, was The Bear and the Nightingale. The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. And I just finished it. Wicked good. And it was great because it was cold here last week in LA. It's never fucking cold here. And, and by it, cold, we're talking about LA cold where it was like in the 60s. It was all of 60 degrees and raining. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And so I spent a couple days inside where I had some mornings, I had some time off, and I literally just sat inside and read The Bear and the Nightingale, which is a fantastic book. Um, you've read it also. No. Oh. I just know about books. You do know a lot I about books. I am a book it's kiosk. Really so, it's, so it's set in, in the Russian wilderness. Which is very cold. A long time ago, and I don't know If you're going to pick a cold when. place, the Russian wilderness is a good one. And basically, there's all sorts of stuff but, that happens, but there's the frost, a frost demon lord sort of character. There's a lot of lore happening. I don't even know how to describe this book, but essentially, it's about... There's a story, there's a Russian folktale about... Um, a or or legend, yeah, like fairy tale that uh would that about a girl who they push they take into the forest and I can't remember what she does, but she does something that please, pleases the frost demon and he gives her a bunch of dowry and sends her back instead of killing her, which is what he normally would do is just make her freeze to death. So this is just like a fairy tale that's told. And what you come to find out sort of is that that this story could possibly be true. Frost demons are real. And there is a little girl who is born to a woman and it's of like sort of a witch's lineage. And she can see creatures and there's a lot of things happening. And uh, so I learned, I feel like, quite a bit about like Russian folklore. But also it's a really fun, there's no dragons. But it is a cold, what I would classify as a cold dragon book. (laughs) If that's what we're calling these books, uh, which is like a, a cold fantasy novel, because there's all sorts of like there, fantastical well, fr- I mean, Frost Demons is just as good as Cold Dragons. Yeah, and and yeah, Frost Demon, and there is a there is a bear character, which I know you enjoy. Does he talk? A bear. He, he does talk, but he's not a good guy. That's fine. Oh yeah, then yes. Okay, you now I have it. to read yeah, it. You might check it out. I loved it. I it was fantastic. I tore through it, and so thank you for the people who recommended it. I think they, someone wrote it to me on Twitter, and then someone else was like, "Yeah, you got to read that. It's great." So like, you know, thanks Twitter. Uh, yes, and I will also that really that really helps. Uh, what are you reading, Molly? Uh, so, and I also want to say really quickly, listeners can probably tell by the sound of my voice that I am not. I'm a little bit sick. So that's why my voice sounds, I, I sound kind of like David Lynch. And no, I'm not sick for three weeks in a row. I We just were recording a bunch of episodes at once. So for the next couple episodes, I'm going to sound like David Lynch. And I'm so sorry about that. But I'm not, I'm doing okay. I'm drinking some tea. Uh, I just started a book that is a big buzzy book of the year. And uh, I'm bummed out that I didn't finish it in time because it might be on our list for this episode. But it's The Library Book by Susan Orlean. The and- weight of the library for this book. Uh, on digital is Crazy. like I have to wait for like a year. I'm it's, waiting. You could just borrow mine. I, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it's about. Tell me what it's about. I so just wanted this. It's basically uh, it, it's 
about a couple of different things. Uh, I mean, it's about libraries, and uh, Susan Orlean is this great nonfiction writer, and it's all about how we use libraries and how important libraries are, but it's also centered around this time when um, a bunch of... It was a library in Los Angeles that was set on fire. Right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it's this about that crime, but also like explores like libraries roles in our communities and our lives. And it's so good. It's also like I bought it. I mean, I buy a bunch of books, but I'm happy I got to buy it. And I normally I do a lot of nonfiction on audio, but it's such a beautiful book. Mm -hmm. I showed it to you when I got to the studio today. It is so gorgeous and I am really enjoying it. It's a great end of the year, like great nonfiction book to sink down into so that's the library book by susan orlean and the bear and the nightingale by katherine arden so we want to take a moment to share some listener wheelhouses so anna wrote in with a wheelhouse anna's wheelhouse is nonfiction about books and making artisanal books Ooh. mystery urban fantasy and nonfiction about one single topic salt fish violence sex ghosts i love it there's a word for this it's called um Microhistory. Microhistory. Yeah, good good call. Good call. Okay. <laughs> Haley wrote in with a wheelhouse as well, which is books that include cults, people leaving cults, joining cults, starting cults, investigating cults, etc. Any genre. <laughs> Any sort of cult-adjacent thing. Survival stories. This person is a uh, my favorite murder listener, I feel like. Uh, body horror, especially where people get eaten from the inside out. <laughs> so specific. I love it, though. I love <laughs> wicked specific stuff like that. Uh, YA fantasy, preferably dark fantasy that doesn't include any form of happily ever after or true love's kiss. I mean, I'm going to suggest the book I just read because it was a dark fantasy that is that, and there's no true love in it. Um, in just fact, there's, bears, there's, which is how things should be. There's a lot be. of anti-love in it. <laughs> anti-love. Um, any horror novel that involves an unseen, especially supernatural threat, dystopian or post-apocalyptic novels, this person and I are on the same page, all of them, more of it includes a society oppressing a, cult, a currently marginalized group, bring on all the social and political commentary, God, I feel the same. Uh, finally, those stories where you get to the end and realize that the whole book you just read wasn't the book or story you thought you were reading. Ooh. It was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> it was from the perspective of a cat. Uh, very good wheelhouse. Uh, and Amanda wrote in, Amanda's wheelhouse is Eastern European folklore-inspired fantasy with female protagonists. Love it. Ladies who live in patriarchal societies dressing as dudes to get by, a la mm-hmm. Mulan, mm-hmm. talking dragons, <laughs> happy lesbians, enemies to friends to lovers. Oh! Good trope. Very fun. twist. <laughs> um, and, and our five-star review of the week is... Um, from Mario Chicas, and Mario Chicas is currently reading Dune and said that I was stuck in a reading rut where I hadn't finished a book in a long time because of self-imposed guilt that non-serious books were not real reading. After listening to several episodes, I felt Bria and Mallory absolve me of this guilt, and I've been tearing through my TBR list. Hooray. Yay. Good for you, Mario. That's awesome. Thank you. So bef- uh, you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk about our favorite books of 2018, we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to WKEP at night. Up next, looks like we've got a PSA from local forest ranger, Duck Newton. Do I start now or? Yeah, I lean in, Duck. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, I, I wanted to address the unfortunate situation that, okay, listen, two people, good people that I and a lot of y'all have known our whole lives are dead. Torn to shreds a by- A savage, uh, bloodthirsty beast that defies human comprehension. If you'd like to know more, stop by the Cryptonomica, Kepler's premier museum of the macabre. Just off uh, highway. Come, come on. We just wanted to warn y'all to, to beg you. If you see one of those things out in the forest, don't fight. Don't scream. Run. 
Run as far as you can. Doc, it's almost midnight. Listen, folks, if you see anything, please go to thelamplighter.org and let us know. And get behind a locked door tonight. Anything else we need to... Oh, they're leaving. Okay, well, that's thelamplighter.org, and stay safe out there, Kepler. This week, it's an extra special year wrap-up episode where we talk about our favorite books. It's extra special because we don't ever review books on the show except yeah. for this magical holiday time where we tell you all of our favorites. <laughs> Just, you open up your, what do you call these things? These little advent calendar? Oh, yeah. It's like, do you have your little advent calendar and you open it up and instead it's just a book recommendation from Brian Mallory. This was a terrible analogy. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun thing to do, though. A little book advent calendar? With just recommendations for 25 days of Christmas? Cute. Very cute. Yeah. Good idea for next year. Um, so before we talk about our favorite books, we asked uh, our listeners uh, on Twitter and Instagram in the Facebook group. And here are some favorite books of the year that were mentioned by a bunch of listeners. So I went through all the answers on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And here are the ones that were mentioned a bunch of times by many different listeners. Um, one of the big ones was the fourth volume of Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. And Matthew Wilson. Oh, you know, yeah. I actually haven't read the fourth volume yet. Well, apparently it's apparently a big, big, buzzy graphic novel this year. I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara yes, was of a huge of course, one. Of course, that uh, was a great one. Uh, Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. Oh, yeah. Record of a Spaceborn Few by Becky Chambers. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. Mm-hmm. The Seven and a Half Deaths by Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. Big one. Yeah, that was a big one, and I've been waiting for it in the library for a very long time, and it may have been on my top book list, but we'll never know. No. <laughs> no, we can't know, because I didn't get it in time. Oh. Still waiting. Uh, Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay, um, and American Marriage by Tiari Jones. Yeah, those are great ones, and I feel like those were big, buzzy books. So we're going to s- switch back and forth here. We have some yeah. very f- weird categories. So what we did is we made very specific categories. How many did you do? Five? Okay. Did you do a lot? Because I limited to five, Mallory. I limited it to five because you said do five. I said I picked a bunch. Actually, you only left spaces for three. So I was like, well, I guess I'm doing a lot for five. We'll go back and forth. You better. You better. I think I only have like ten. Okay, that's a lie. I would have chose ten. I would have chose ten. I did it frantically. I did it frantically this morning. All right, I okay. had more than I thought. Okay, I well, I can come up with more categories because I actually have more on this list. I just had to combine. Okay, do it. Okay. We'll, and we'll switch back and forth because okay. so this is an extra. So we're not doing three segments this episode. This uh, this is going to take up the whole episode. This is special holiday favorite books. Well, so, you go first because you have a billion. <laughs> Uh, so I read up until today, which is December someday. We don't even know what day of the week. December 10th. I read 157 books. Wow. And of those, 61 of them were new releases. So, wow, that's a ton. Um, not as much as I normally do, actually. This okay. was a very busy year for me. Yeah. Um, so out of those, it, and it's crazy to think that like, okay, so 61 new releases, but like a million books were released this year. So mm-hmm. it it feels... It feels like a lot, but it actually isn't. So my favorite book that made me shit my pants, okay. which is our favorite thing shit that books do, book. okay. Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. Yeah, I may as well go ahead and release, tell you one of mine, which is um, uh, best book I'm so scared that I can't put it down, Paul Tremblay, yep. Cabin at the End of the World. I know we're biased because Paul's a friend. 
I'm not that. He's not that good a friend to me. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> no, I just met him recently, so I, oh. he's not like a, like a buddy. Uh, but um, no, it just I, it, any, I love this book so much, and I feel like any horror person that is like I love horror books. I'm like, have you read Cabinet of the World World into the World? And they're like, yes, yes. And this- like I've had people text me. A few chapters in and be like, oh, my God, this book. Yep. Yeah. I think it is a f- it's flawless. I know that a lot of people um, were flummoxed by the ending, but I think it's a perfect ending. I love the ending. You know, we both are huge Paul Tremblay fans. I'm really excited. He has a new short story collection coming out next summer, Growing Things, that you can pre-order now. Uh, but, yeah, this is definitely my best shit-your-pants book of 2019. Awesome. Or 2018. 2018. And for me, it's my best I'm so scared I can't put this down book. I had to read it really quickly. Okay, what's your next one? Um, oh, so we're... Oh, okay. So, I, I did one. That was one of mine. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you do one now. That was mine. Okay, we'll, fine. We'll pick, okay, another my one. best near-future science fiction, because I love a near-future science fiction. Oh, I know what you're going to pick. Do you? I bet you don't. It's Tell the Machine Goodnight by oh. Katie Williams. Oh, I thought you were going to do the um, future home of the living God. That's actually 2017. Oh, shit. Um, okay, in case you don't remember, I talked about this very recently. Um, it's about... Um, a world in which there's a machine um, that you it will give you personal recommendations to make you happy. Three things uh, to make you happy. Oh, and it's yes. Like it'll be like smile more, tell your girlfriend you love her, get a kitty. Like like it's like really simple stuff like that. But then it's like these intertwining stories about this world, and I loved it. It was right up my alley because it's involves near future technologies, which I love. It involves a world of changing. It involves mul- multiple storylines. There's so many things I loved about this book, and it really got me. It was like the perfect read, and it wasn't that. Crazy. It wasn't so world building that it was like hard to you know get through. It was wonderful. Uh, what's your next one? Um, my favorite YA book of the year Ooh. was Undead Girl Gang by Lily Anderson. I want to read this. It's so I, I I have a hard copy. You should get it. It's <laughs> so good. I don't read a ton of YA, but this one was just so much fun. Um, it's about a girl and her and her best friend are teenagers and they are kind of goth and witchy and like are getting into Wicca. Um, but her best friend takes it much more seriously than she does. And one day she is found dead and everyone says it's a suicide, but she knows that it isn't. So she gets a spell book and does a spell to try to bring her best friend back from the dead to find out who killed her. As a surprise, teenage girls doing magic uh, doesn't work out exactly how she thinks it's going to. And it is so good and so fun. And just like if you're looking for something that's just like a, a romp, a goth girl romp, that's what Undead Girl Gang was. And I really, really enjoyed it. It's the one with the cover that has like a Jean, uh, jean jacket, jean looks jacket like with like buttons. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. Very, very hip cover. So cool. Okay, my next 2018 fave goes to. Um, this best book I can recommend to anyone, uh, which I I take that from my mom because she said that she already said this about this book, and I I sort of agree. Which was Convenience Store Woman, oh, uh, written by Sayaka Murata and translated by Jenny Tapley Takamori, and um, it's about a woman who works in a convenience store in Japan, and um, she's very everything has to be very specific and exactly the right way, and she meets a man who's very not is specific and not great and kind of a bad guy and like you and it's a very short little book about her life as as a woman who's been working in a convenience store her whole life and how everything has to be perfect and she realizes she can sort of put this man into her life in a way that is convenient for her uh but also the man is wreaking havoc on things and um it's great it's a wonderful book i think anyone can read it it's very short it's um, but also like a cool way to look at Japanese culture um, and a translated book, which is really rad. Oh, 
Um, but Very yeah, good. I love this book. I thought it was fantastic. And my mom said to me, thank you for recommending that to me. I can recommend it to anyone. So I decided to give it that award. I'm very interested to hear what your mom's favorite book of the year was. I know. I wish she was here. She comes here in a few days and I wish she would have been here for this. Um, we should text her after this and ask her. Um, speaking of that, what we have another guest here right now. <laughs> <laughs> the look what, on Sean's what about, face. What, what is uh, Sean's favorite book of the year? Sean's favorite book of the year. Uh, I've been thinking about what books I've read this year, and I can't really remember them. Possibly because it's the morning. Possibly because yeah, I'm not good at remembering names. But I may have finished reading this book. Uh, I, I definitely haven't read anything that was published this year. Okay, that's oh, okay. That's okay. okay. Your but favorite book you read this year. Favorite book that I read this year, uh, and I think that I did. But I may have finished it in December last year. But I, I, I think no. Um, uh, Troubling Love, Elena Ferrante. Ooh. I really love that book. Mm-hmm. Um, well done, John. It was good. Classy and pick. also, I'm really excited to read the my whole. My brilliant friend. Yes, exactly. It's now an HBO series. Exactly. That's like spurred on my interest again to pick up the rest of that series. I have well, the first book series. if you want to borrow it. I'm gonna Mallory be going Mallory O'Meara, Alan Amato Lending Library is yeah, always no open. No kidding. Mm. All right. Good. Great. Well done. Good job, Sean. Yeah. All right. What's your next one? Uh, so my favorite short story collection of the year uh, was Sweet and Low by Nick White. Oh, yeah. Uh, big fan of his other book that came out uh, last year, which was How to Survive a Summer. Uh, but this is a collection of short stories uh, really examining what it is to be uh, to be a gay man in the South and identity and be, like living in the South and Southern life. And every story, this is one of those short story collections where all of them are very, very good. They're very poignant. They're um, they are very sweet. They're just it's just so wonderful. I of all the short story collections I read this year, this one was my favorite. Great. Perfect. What about you, Brie? Uh, my next one is uh, Best History history Mixed with Genre Elements. And this one was a tie. Ooh. So I could take, duking it out. Going to duke it out. Which were, as you can imagine, Dread Nation by Justina Ireland, which is uh, a zombie uprising that takes place during and cancels the Civil War. Cancel it. Cancel that war. There's zombies. Don't they say that in Pacific Room? We're canceling the apocalypse? I don't know. Do they? I am a big Del Toro fan. Um, I they get they stop the Civil War and all of the slaves have to start finding zombies instead. So it's about like a troop of slaves who are still like working for all of the like white landowners um and and fighting zombies um and i love that book by it's by justina ireland it's fantastic it is ya but also like it it's set like in a historical time period like a rewriting of history obviously because there were no zombies and then the other book that involves history and also has um what did i say this was about genre, genre, elements. genre elements um is eternal life by dara horn Oh, I don't know anything about this. Oh, it's great. And and I mean, I I say history loosely, but basically it is about uh, Rachel, as in Rachel from the Bible. Um, so you have to take the Bible to be history for it to fall into this. But Rachel... Who's as, Rachel? Wasn't Rachel in the Bible? Didn't she give... I mean, I have... Didn't no. she have... You could tell me literally anything about the Bible and I'd be I like, oh, okay. I think Rachel was... She's in like... Abraham times. I believe that's correct. I'm just imagining she's Rachel from a, Friends in the Bible. That's actually a great way to read the Bible. <laughs> like, she's got a fantastic hair and she's walking around the temples. You like the Rachel? You're into the Rachel? You think, uh, wait, what? The, the Rachel, the haircut, the Rachel? 
That was a haircut for a minute. Mm-hmm. It was. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was like the first I time you it. saw like layers. You didn't have the fucking Rachel. <laughs> no, he did. Anyway, right. Eternal Life, Dara Horn. It's about uh, okay. It's this is a this is a stretch for it to be in this category. But I thought I was having to combine my books, Mallory, into only so being sorry. five categories. I did it literally at six thirty in the morning this morning. I'm so um, sorry. It's about a woman who um, gives up her ability to die in order to save her son. Oh, I remember so you telling me about this. Her and the father of the son, who is not her husband, both give up the ability to die to save their dying son. And this is back, like in biblical era. It's like you know whatever, um, two thousand years ago or. Or whatever, um, and or I guess before that. Anyway, she does that, and so you know she basically gets she lives her life, and then at the end of her life has to set herself on fire to be reborn. But she has all of her memories intact, and she just so becomes, she's like a human phoenix. Yeah, and she's exactly, and she just becomes the same person she always is. She always looks wow. the same. Um, and then she just gets reborn over and over again. And then, so, but so does the man who was not her husband, who she had this baby with. So it's this really like long drawn out love story that also involves. Uh, her it's basically set now and she has a daughter who's a scientist and things start happening there but it's basically like what it's life it's sort of a for me it felt like it was just a um a look at mortality and like why why do we need to die what is important about being mortal what is important it's like sort of a, a look at that through like a science fiction lens which I feel like I've read a few books like that before and I always love them but that this one was fantastic mm. all right what's your next uh, so I also had a tie for best literary fiction of the year. Okay. Um, first one was There, There by Tommy Orange. Great. Uh, which I have seen on a bunch of best of lists, and it's for good reason. It is the debut novel, Tommy Orange, and it is a look at modern life for Native Americans in the Bay Area. Yeah, I want to read this so bad. Borrow it from me. It's super good. I, I think I'm also on hold for it from the library. Why do you, you have, I just, my whole Mallory O'Mara like, Living Library a, is much faster. I put a bunch of buzzy books on there, and so, like, the holds are, like, you know, six months long. Yeah. But I don't want to give up those holds places. <laughs> well, anytime you want to borrow it. It's really good, uh, but it is, so it's a bunch of different storylines, like, a bunch of different generations. There's kids and older people, and, like, you're looking at them, how their life started and what, where their life is now and how difficult it is to be Native and what that means when you live in an urban area versus on the reservation. And it is fucking incredible. The writing is amazing. It is so good. Uh, and it was very closely tied with um, How to Be Famous by Caitlin Moran, who is a British writer. She, I love her so much. And I, I had this tie with There There. There There, I think, like objectively is the best literary fiction book of the year. But Caitlin Moran, this is How to Be Famous is a sequel to How to Build a Girl, which is her novel that is very slightly autobiographical. And do you ever read a book that like is so means so much to you that you can't be sub- like objective about it? Like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. How to Be Famous is that it's just if you were like a goth girl who was fat and growing up in like lower, like lower middle class. Mm-hmm this book is for you. And like, there were so many things in this book. Cause this, this is the, um, the first book, how to build a girl is about this teenager. And she lives with a really poor family and she starts making money by becoming a music reviewer. And then this book is her older. She's living in London. She's making her name as a music reviewer and she's dealing with a lot of sexism. And she has this love affair with this guy in a band, but he's traveling all the time. And she ends up hooking up with this guy who, um, films it. And so there's this sex tape of her. Oh, wow. So it's her really coming to terms with her power as a woman and her own voice. And because so much of that mirrors my growing up experience, not living in London, but just like 
growing up really poor and being an alternative girl and being like being fat and like dealing with that as you're growing up it meant it just means so much to me and it's so good and it made me cry and it made me laugh and her writing is amazing I just loved it so much so the two the, my two favorites I like couldn't pick so it was how to um how to be famous by Caitlin Moran and there there by Tommy Orange sweet so before we finish the rest of our 2018 favorite books list we're gonna take a quick break Hello, Maximum Fun. I am Oliver Wong, scholar, journalist, DJ, etc. And I'm Morgan Rold. I'm a music supervisor who loves stilettos. We host Heat Rocks, a music podcast where we talk to influential artists and scholars about the albums that changed their lives. On our most recent episode, we had the chance to talk with none other than R&B legend Macy Gray mm. about one of her favorite albums, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by <laughs> Yeezy. We get deep talking about everything from Kanye's college dropout days all the way up to his most recent shenanigans. I just think it's weak, and I don't think he has to do that, and and I was just disappointed. So make sure you, dear listener, are subscribed because you definitely do not want to miss this conversation. Heat rocks every Thursday right here on Maximum Fun. Okay, so this is my favorite audiobook of the year, and it's a quadruple tie. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought I was cheating by doing one tie, and you did a quadruple tie. I could. I'm gonna remember this next year, just so you know. Yeah, it's this. I'm gonna come in with 30. 2018 books. was a trash fire of a year. All the rules are going out the window, so I'm gonna go very, really, really quickly through these. Um, so first audiobook that I loved was My Life Is a Goddess by Guy Branum. Oh yeah, it was extremely funny, incredible memoir of looking at Guy's life, and his life is so fascinating. He's so brilliant. Um, through pop culture mm-hmm. and like there's one essay that looks at bohemian rhapsody as a mem- as a metaphor for coming out to your mother and it's just so incredible and guy's writing is so great and he's like i will this is so i'm talking about this, this book first because this is the only book audiobook of the entire year i didn't listen to on increased speed because ah. i wanted like every second of guy's voice it was so great um, and my second one is Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper, which is an audiobook about uh, being a black woman and a feminist and how to be intersectional and what that what life is like when you're a black woman and the issues that black women face. And it is fucking incredible. It was so good. Um, also, Text Me When You Get Home by Kayleen Schaefer, which is a book all about female friendship that made me cry because my two best friends, Lauren Panapinto and Alison Samino, are like, they mean so much to me and it wasn't until I met them that I really understood the power of female friendship so I understood this woman's journey and it is just if you are a woman you should read this book it's so important and so wonderful uh and the last one is um Meaty by Samantha Irby uh it is the prequel to Samantha Irby's um uh, we are never reading in real life, but it just oh, got yeah. re-released this year. And the audiobook is so funny. It's just her essays, her personal essays about being fat and being black and being queer. And although this is really funny, if you have um, listened to or read We Are Never Meeting in Real Life, um, Meaty was written, all the essays were in Meaty were written before she came out as a queer woman. So it's funny, you're just like seeing the seeds of her life before like the events of We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. So it is so funny and so wonderful. She's just a fucking gem. 
it's like her and Patricia Lockwood, I think, are the two funniest writers working mm. right now. And I absolutely fucking loved it. So those are my four favorite audiobooks. Totally cheating. What, <laughs> what about you, Bria? <laughs> I mean, I think it's good that you like so many audiobooks, though. Listen That's to a great. lot of, yeah, did a lot of audiobooks this year. Um, my next category is best memoir by people in my industry. <laughs> and I, I, I'm guessing, I, I think I know what this one is too. Uh, well, I only think I read one, but I still liked it. Uh, and it's, uh, Like Brothers by Mark Duplass and Jay Duplass, which I really liked. It gave, it gives practical advice for those in the film industry. Like, you know, don't live somewhere super expensive and like make stuff with your friends on the weekend and do like really really practical advice like basically like this is how we broke into the industry but also the stories of how they broke into the industry which are really interesting because now they get to make all sorts of cool stuff um if you don't know who they are they started with uh, a, sh- a movie called puffy chair and it went to sundance i think and then they went on to make all sorts of really cool independent movies but they also are both actors one is on um uh one is on Transparent. One was on The League. Like uh, they have a sh- show called Room One Hundred Four. So it's it's a really cool book by some really rad uh, filmmakers that I really liked. What's your next one? So my next category is weird as fuck. Okay, not, good. Like that. It's not uh, me talking about books until I'm talking about something weird. Um, and this book, my favorite weird fucking book this year was Foe by Ian Reed. I love Ian Reed so much. So like F A U X, F O E. Oh. Oh, like Foe. like a fight, like like you're fighting somebody. Yes. Okay. Um, his other book, I'm thinking of ending things. Oh yeah, I think is fucking flawless, and I love it so much. It's very Lynchian, which is why I like it so much. Uh, but Foe is basically it's about this woman and her husband, and these government people come into the house and they are interviewing them, and they won't really tell them why, and the, the you, you're kind of getting that the government is entering them into some kind of lottery for something, but you don't really know what it's for. And eventually they get picked and the husband gets picked and he gets, you find out that the husband's going to get swapped out with a perfect replacement of him because his husband's going to go somewhere. Wow. But throughout the book, things get more and more tense and surreal and you don't know who's real anymore. And it is so it's so anxious and tense and like very tightly written. It's a short book, but it is so it's, fucking wonderful oh, i love it's that su- you would love it it's super creepy and just like because that's one of my greatest fears is like something happening to alan or like alan not being, being replaced re- by yeah, a person someone taking it, my, alan away and replacing him with a fake alan <laughs> that would be really weird how would you know it's him <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that's that's what the, it's a perfect replica yes a hundred percent and they yeah. like interview him to make sure that he, even his like responses are exactly like his personality is the same it's so creepy and it's so well done so that is uh foe by ian reed is my weirdest fuck book of the year um my next one is i'm just gonna say it's my favorite graphic novel i read this year um which is true it doesn't get a weird category it um is a book recommended to us by ben blacker when he was on the show and i went and bought it while he was sitting here um and it is called um animosity uh, animosity, the year one. So I read the hardcover of year oh, I one. I remember him telling us about this. Yeah, uh, it's by Marguerite Bennett, and the illustrator is Rafael de la Torre, and it's about a moment where so up my alley. It's a it's a moment where uh, all of a sudden all animals, all animals, including like bees, ants, but also your dog, become um, sentient, like they're become aware of everything, and they can speak. This is, yeah, this is your dream. Yeah, so, like, essentially, like, they're, like, they understand the past. They understand that they ha- they understand that they're going to die someday. Like, they become exactly like humans. What would you say to birthday? 
if she birthday be still so grateful to me because I adopted her as an old lady and given her a home. <laughs> what do you think she'd say to you? She would probably please be scratch, mad that she doesn't. Please scratch my butt. She'd be mad I don't feed her more, but she's overweight and she needs to not eat as much as she does. That's probably one thing she'd be pissed about. Uh, excuse me, please scratch my butt and give me more food. Yeah. Uh, your house would be very loud. Oh, my God. It would be so loud. because So the animals, like, they kind of have all their personalities still intact, but the stories about um, a bloodhound and a little girl who uh, are on basically on a road trip together uh, trying to find um, the little girls, trying to go, go to the little girl's only living relative, which is her half-brother, I believe. Um, maybe it's her full brother. I can't remember. Uh in uh who is a vet and they're so they're trying to fight it but they run into all these animals along the way like there's these really just really cool visuals visuals of like animal armies that get together and they all are working together but they wear like like dogs that wear like bear traps on their faces to like you know bite people with because they're like an army or like uh, deer that have like hand grenades hanging from their antlers oh my god so they become the animals all arm themselves i would if i was if i was a cat and all of a sudden i became sentient i would absolutely get a knife yeah because they're pissed about how they've been treated and they're like you have been doing horrible things to us so it's really a mally i love it uh it i read it all in one sitting and i totally was just it and it and it it's started the weird thing about comics suggesting comics is that it did come out last year but this hardcover version came out this year that so that's 2018 it counts release uh what's your next one uh so my next pick or my next category is thrillers because i you know i love a thrilling thriller then there were two mysteries this year i was bummed out because i haven't finished the witch elm by tana french yet so i don't know if that's going to be on there or not yeah. but um there are two books that made this the first one is so lucky by nicola griffith and oh, this book is so good. It is, it's very short. It's kind of a political thriller. It's this woman and she, it's like, as she's divorcing her wife, she finds out that she, um, it, I think she has MS. Oh. So her body is starting to fall apart and then she becomes really active in the disabled community and starts this movement and is like trying to figure her life out. But at the same time, she feels like she's being stalked by somebody. Oh. And so she, and because she has MS, she is like having to, she used to do martial arts, but she can't do it as much anymore. So she's trying to figure out a new way to defend herself. Um, and so the book is very tense and very creepy and so well-written and so beautiful. So it's um, a great book about disability and being a queer woman and um, how the wor- world changes when you're uh, be- like it's amazing to watch her worldview all because she's talking about all of a sudden how she never thought about um disabled people's access to things before because she could walk and then all of a sudden she's like well why is our like she's going into the building where she works and she's like why is our dis- like why is our wheelchair ramp in the back of the building why did d- disabled people have to go in the back of the building yeah and then but all the rest of the people she works with nobody cares because they can all walk so it's not like right. an issue for them right, right, and it's right. amazing to watch how she writes how her worldview changes and it's so good. I, I read it in one sitting. Oh, wow. So that's So Lucky by Nicola Griffith. And my other one is, of course, the new Megan Abbott book that came out this year, Give Me Your Hand. Uh, I love Megan Abbott so much. She's Her and Tana French are tied for my favorite mystery writers. And this one is doesn't disappoint. It's about these two women, and they both work in a lab. And the the main character, this woman that comes to work in her lab, she knew her when she was a kid, and they have they share some kind of secret and 
just like all Megan Abbott books, it's very tense and very creepy and very compelling and you can't put it down. And the way that she writes, like the interior lives of women is so scary and compelling and oh, it's so good. I loved it. So that's Give Me Your Hand by Megan Abbott. Cool. My last one is going to be a category that I'm making up on the spot, which is the book that was on everyone else's book list. And that is Cersei by Madeline Miller, yeah. which we talked a lot about. I'm glad you put this on your list because I was almost going to, but How to Be Famous by Caitlin Moran edged it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like I looked at a lot of end of year book lists. Like a month ago, I was like, I got to read some. I hadn't read, read that many books of 2018. Like it, I had actually kind of a limited number to choose from. So and I think it was in part because I was doing the book harder, re, book harder, read harder book challenge. Um. But yeah, so I I was like, but this was on a ton of lists and I'm glad I read it. And it was, I mean, if people don't know, it's just the retelling of of the Cersei story Mm -hmm. um, uh, from her point of view. It was our first book club pick. It was our first book club and and I loved it and I I loved it I I read it all like when I went to Europe so I have like a fond memory of it but yeah this was on everyone's book list and I think it should be I think it like totally deserved to be on the top 2018 book lists yeah. What's your next one? No, uh, my for that one, mine was going to be there, there by Tommy Orange. There you go. Was that, like, was that was so many book lists. So many book lists. Yeah. Such a good book. Uh, my final book uh, is a the book that I think my category is book that you should be giving to people is uh, so you want to talk about race by Ijeoma Oluo and it's fucking incredible. It is such an accessible, brilliant breakdown of racial problems in our society and racism and if you are thinking if like there's somebody in your family or there's somebody in your life that just doesn't get it and you're trying to explain to them the problems that are going on why there's so much race how we are not living in a post-racism society um this is the book for for you and it's also like it's the kind of book that you should read even if you're like, because I think I am a very liberal progressive person, but I'm a fucking white chick and there's so much that I don't know just because of that privilege that I have. And so this is a great book for anybody to read so you can get that perspective, but also so you are more informed when you're talking about talking to people about race because that's what a lot of white people need to do is step into these conversations and it's make, make sure it's not only people of color that are having to fight and and get these problems fixed uh, so no matter who you are, give this book to everybody. Give this book to your racist uncle who always makes you mad at Thanksgiving. Get this book for your mom. Yeah. This, get this book for a teenager. This is just the book that I think you should give to everybody. And I listened to it on audio. It was incredible. Um, yeah, so everyone should have. Uh, so you want to talk about race by Joma Alua. Cool. So that those are all our favorite books there are obviously more but those are our favorite favorites um we are still interested in hearing what your favorites are um we are recording this in mid-december so you can send them for the rest of the year tell us what your favorite books were as always we want to thank danielle and kathy who run our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page remember that you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the max fun store link in the show notes and if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes if you folks want to get us a christmas present Review. Get us a review. Get us a review. It's so nice. It is the nicest thing that you can do for free. Uh, and we're getting up there. If When we get to 600 reviews, we're going to do a special bonus AMA episode where you can ask us anything. Um, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.